Welcome to North Alley Church's Sermon Podcast. We are in a series titled, The Next Journey. If you are interested in North Alley Church or our Sermon Podcast, you can find us on our website, nvcmd.org. Good morning. Welcome to North Valley Church. My name is Dan. I'm a pastor here. However, I have a cold. So for those of you who are here every week or most weeks, I will look like I'm stopping and checking my notes more often because my brain's not completely all here. And now my my thing's not working. So give me a second. From start, I can't see my notes. Why can't I see my notes? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, look. Okay, we're gonna have to go with that. Notes. I'll squint. We are in a series titled The Next Journey. <clears throat> we, North Valley Church, have existed for about four years. We're, we've been a church for a little over four years. For the first four years, we were moving down the path of doing the things that we thought would help us be a healthy church. So if you've been here, we were working on these eight qualities of a healthy church. And so the, for the first four years, we just wanted to focus on what does healthy look like. And we had been working on that. This, this calendar year in January, when we came back from the holidays, we started down the path of this series called The Next Journey, where we're kind of like, not that we want to stop being a healthy church, but instead of focusing on that and making that our goal, we want to start asking the question, what is it that God wants us to be? Right? Who is it that North Valley Church is? Not just a healthy church, but uniquely, who are we? And so this journey is kind of meant to take a bit of a turn. We've been going this way, being healthy. Now we want to say, who are we at North Valley? We're grabbing the rudder, and we're giving it just a, a bit of a turn to the ship so that we are moving in the direction that... I believe, and I think lots of us believe, that God maybe has uniquely called us to be. As we go down this journey, it would be ridiculous to think we wanted to do that without soliciting God's help. So we've got this thing set up. I want North Valley Church covered in 40 days of prayer. We started the Monday after the series began on January 7th. So if you haven't yet, you might consider signing up and fasting and praying for North Valley Church. If you're like, well, I'm not sure what that whole fasting, praying thing looks like, you could, um, on, on our website or via your favorite podcast tool, you can search for NVC Sermon Podcast. Yeah, NVC Sermon Podcast. And find a podcast of the first sermon of the series, which was January 7th. We had 40 days to be covered. 30 days are covered. Yay, well done. We have 10 more slots to go. So if you haven't signed up, maybe you would consider doing that. If you have signed up 
and you're like, oh, I'm so excited. I love praying. I want to pray for North Valley. And you say it just like that. Get the hand motions going. <clears throat> the, the way the um, application set up is it will let you sign up up to three times. Uh, so if you're like, okay, one's good, two would be better, maybe three, you can do that. You can, you can reach that sign-up page by using the Church Center app. If you're familiar with that, well, um, we can get you going with that. If you're not familiar, like, what Church Center app? It's a thing on our phones that we use to connect with the church, and da 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 If after the service, you're like, I want to help, but I don't know what you're talking about, about the phone app, yada da yada da blah, 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 you can check with me after the service. I have a cold, so we'll do it from a distance, right? Or you can stand close to Grant. Grant will be able to show you how to do that, and he'll be standing here. But <laughs> Close, but not too close. <laughs> so, so if you are interested in doing that, I would love for us to get those last 10 slots full. If you've been doing that with the phone app, you check and register, da 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 da, and you get on the little page that's part of Sign Up Genius, and you scroll down, you look at what the whole page, and it's like, great googly muggly, they're all filled up, Dan. I don't know what you're talking about. Scroll all the way to the bottom and go to page two, right? You hit page two, you'll see, oh, there's all the empty slots. Okay, so. Page one gets you like through January. Page two gets you into February. And then there's more places to sign up. Okie dokie. Thank you for doing that. So really what we're doing as part of... There we go. What we are doing is talking about North Valley Church's mission, vision, and values. So you might see me crunch it down into those six letters, NVC, MVV. They are not Roman numerals. I am not trying to communicate a giant number. They are an acronym for North Valley Church Mission, Vision, and Values. Last week, if you were here, Grant hit it out of the park talking about our mission statement, empowering people with the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. I was downstairs playing with kids, but when I listened to the podcast, he's, he was passionate and excited about what the, that meant. What did, it, what did it mean for God's grace to be working inside of us and as a church? What did it mean to be pursuing truth for us and as part of the church I loved his sermon. It was lots of energy. He, you could tell he was excited about it. So if you haven't listened to that and you are already set, have already decided North Valley Church is my home or you are thinking about that, man, I would really encourage you. And you haven't heard that sermon, I would really encourage you to do that. There's a lot of really cool stuff that is, defines who we are and where it is we're trying to go. Our vision is that we just don't want to be empowering people with the grace of truth of Jesus Christ. We just don't want to be that, so we make NVC big. I would like for our vision to be the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God doesn't start and stop inside these walls. I want us to be thinking about what is it that we can be doing to impact the kingdom of God elsewhere. That might mean we build up kids workers and pastors and missionaries and we send them out to help other churches. 
right? So I want us to be thinking and asking ourselves the question, what is it that we can be doing to be effective so that it impacts not just us, but for the kingdom of God? I don't want us to have an inside closed view of what it is that we're doing. I want us to be able to always be looking outside our doors for opportunities for God to lead us. That's our mission. That's our vision. Today, we're going to start to walk down values. We have three values, healing, equipping, and commissioning. So today, we're going to start unpacking those. We're going to do them one at a time. Today, we're just going to unpack the first one, which is healing. So now I'm standing in front of you as the pastor of the church saying, we're going to become a church of healing. Sometimes, yeah, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Sometimes it's helpful when you are describing what you want to be, it's helpful to describe what you don't want to be. So when I say we're going to be a healing church, I do not mean little old ladies are going to be coming down in wheelchairs, and I'll be tapping them on the head, and they'll get up, and they'll walk, and everybody will... That's not what I'm shooting for, okay? Um, God has given us hospitals and doctors where physical healing can happen, Um, and if you follow me, right, I'm going to say this, catch, catch what I'm going to say. And I do not believe that the sign, I believe that the sign gifts ended with the apostolic age, right? If you were like, what did he just say? You can email your question to info at nvcmd.org. But I, <laughs> or you can be at uh, Grant's life group tomorrow and they'll be talking about, what did I mean when I said the sign gifts ended with the apostolic age? I think God can absolutely heal people. I've witnessed it. I know that it can happen. What I don't believe is that God has uniquely gifted any person to be able to do physical healings for people. I do not believe that God is doing that in our current church age. Right? So physical healing is not where it is I'm hoping we go. What I want us to focus on is our souls. Our souls are sick. It's our souls that are messed up. If there's an opportunity that the church has, it's to help people heal their souls. Right? Every one of us has a soul problem. Every one of us has sickness. We're, we're born with some of that, and, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But you know what? Simply going through life wears down our souls. It hurts our souls. It, it's hard. That's where I want us focused with healing. What does it look like to be a place where people can have their souls healed? We're, we're born with something, and I'll talk about it for a moment, in a moment. And we go through life, and we experience things with life, and our souls get banged up and dented, and it gets sick and ill and unhappy. We've got some options about how we're going to approach that, right? I'm, I'm saying everybody here has the same problems. So what do we do about it? Some of our strategy is we ignore it. I'm good. Let's just keep going. Nah, we're just going to press on, and we ignore the fact that there's something yucky going on in our souls. Some of us, when we have something going on, we stuff it. Yeah, I know that that's going on, but I'm pretending it's not there, 
right? I'm really good at that one. This is, this is where I hang out. Historically, I'm like, no, I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm anxious. I'll just, I'll just press through it and pretend like I'm not. And I'm really bad at it. I think I'm good at it, but I'm really bad at it. And everyone around me is like, Dan, what is wrong with you? I'm like, nothing. I'm fine. What do you mean? Right? So I'm trying to get better. This is, this is the place where I hang out. I, my history is I used to stuff things that were messing with my soul. I have a, uh, an issue with anxiety. So I am trying to be honest with myself. And then that turns into honest with the people around me. I'm feeling anxious today when I start to feel anxious. I, a couple of months ago, I had a leadership team meeting. Um, and the four of us are there. And I'm kind of being honest that um, I am f- struggling with some anxiety right now today. And so we had some chat time about things. And then we had some prayer time. And we just kind of have a, a big prayer time where everybody, um, the four members of the leadership team, get to, get to sit in a circle. And we just pray. And while I'm in that prayer, I get to this one topic and I am yelling while I'm praying. And this and this and blah, 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 blah. And when I'm done... It's really quiet. And I said, that didn't sound anxious at all, did it? I got laughter from my other folks praying with me, but they were laughing because I was freaking them out because my anxiety was coming out. I am not going to stuff it anymore. When I'm sad, when I'm hurting, when I'm anxious, I can't stuff it. That's not success. That's not the healing process. There's something else that that God wants for me. Sometimes we ignore it, we stuff it. Sometimes we accept it. Oh yeah, I'm angry. I'm just an angry person and that's who I am. And we think we're supposed to stay there. Yeah, I'm just sad. I'm depressed all the time. Yep, that's me. If that's who you are, I'm telling you, Jesus has something more for you than staying there. Cool that you've identified it. Right, first step is denial. So if you're past denial, I I realize I have this issue. You can accept it, but don't think that it's okay to stay there. Our real desire is to be healed from it. And for me working through it and for the people I've helped working through it, your only option for healing is to go through it. You can't ignore it. You can't stuff it. You can't just accept it. You need to work through it. It means you need to accept what's going on, find the things that are making your soul sick, and then do something about them. That's a lot of work. In my opinion, I I don't think I can do that by myself. So as we enter this journey of healing for ourselves and maybe wanting to be a partner to help other people heal... The number one thing we need to do, first step, is invite God into the process. If we try and do this without the love and grace and truth of Jesus Christ, we're doomed. Literally doomed. Jesus is our great physician. In 1 Peter, he writes, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for his righteousness. And now he's quoting an Old Testament passage. By his wounds, you have been healed. We 
all have six souls. Our number one problem is our sin. Our sinfulness that separates us from God. If we don't deal with that first, we're not going to be able to make the steps and move forward. So it starts with Christ and what he did on the cross. Romans 6 says it this way, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've all got this problem, this sickness, this disease in our souls, which leads to death. That death is eternal separation from God. Our opportunity to heal that part of what's sick about us is to be able to accept what it is that Jesus has done for us on the cross. That 2,000 years ago, he lived a perfect life and he died on the cross to pay the price for our sins, to pay the price for my sin, the thing I can't do on my own. See, I'm already working in a debt with God. I can't work off my sin with God. For my relationship to be restored with him, I need to accept the work that his son did on the cross. And when I accept what it is that he's done, my need, and what it is that he's done to heal that, Everything changes. Everything changes. It starts right now today, but my eternity is set. I get eternal life with him, but I also get the Holy Spirit. I also get forgiveness, and I'm ready to do things in a way I was unable to do before. Cooler yet, after Jesus died on the cross, three days later, he rose from the dead. And he promised the same resurrection to every one of us. And that resurrection also demonstrated he has the kind of power and authority that he was advertising. If you've never done this before today, man, I would encourage you, man, let's make today the day that you recognize and say, you know what, I get who Jesus is and I am going to accept him into my life. And I'm going to start this process of healing and I'm going to take my first step by inviting the great physician into my life. If you think you're at a place that you want to do that today, I would love to talk to you after the service. You can talk to me from a distance. Grant would be happy to have a conversation with you a little closer maybe. If you don't think you can do that, you can always send an email to info at nvcmd.org and I will get back with you as quickly as I can. But as we talk about healing and what it is, the opportunities that God may have, man, let's keep, keep in mind that really what we want to do is deal with our sick souls. And the only, the only way we can start that process is by inviting Jesus into the process. After we do that step and invite Jesus into our life, and we deal with this broken relationship with God, I now have God involved in the process and I can start dealing with the other things, the life things that make my soul sick. We all have had past hurts, past hurts that um, either we've healed from or sometimes things that we've carried around. Things that have happened to us in the past when we're carrying them around and we haven't resolved them, they, they make us sick. Sometimes maybe there's just confusion. There's confusion in my head right now about who I am and what it is that God wants me to be and who God is. When, while we've got that confusion going on, it's detrimental to our soul. It gets in the way of our soul being able to be free. 
It might be a hurt with our emotions. It might be confusion in our head. It could be that we've just got some bad habits. And maybe there are some routines that we've got that are keeping me in a place that I'm not being able to experience God and his healing. I want to step into these three things for a little bit. Areas of healing being one of them, being past hurts. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. When we've got a a crushed spirit, when our emotions are wrecked up, when our heart's not okay, we can't experience that healing that God wants us. Our soul is impacted by the condition of our heart. Sometimes, I said earlier, sometimes we like to ignore it and and pretend that it's not there. Here's what happens with past hurts that we don't resolve. They don't go away. They end up in dark, hidden corners in our heart. And we think, oh yeah, that may have happened to me, but I'm okay, I'm good. It's not really doing anything to me. The reality is you're pretending it's not there and it has complete control over your life. When we put it in darkness... Inside of us, what really is happening is it's taking over control of our life. You can't, you can't be healed. Your soul can't be free and healthy if you don't deal with those things that are in the dark places in your life. We need to get it out. We need to at least be able to identify it. We need to bring it to the light of day. We need to invite God into the process. As we go through the process of identifying those things and working through them, that's when healing happens. So we can't ignore it. We can't stuff it. We can't just accept it and pretend that we're okay. We need to get it out, and we need to work through it. So as we think about past hurts we may have experienced, I want us thinking about there's something maybe I need to do about that. Maybe... You're doing things you're not aware. Again, when we pretend it's not there, it's actually controlling our life, and we don't recognize it. <laughs> I, know, I know somebody um, who was like, I've got some things I'm working through, I'm go- and they started going to see a therapist for it. And before they went to see the therapist, they said, but I'm not going to let them tell me that it was something from my childhood. A couple of visits with a the therapist, Yep, sorry about your luck. It was something that happened in your childhood. You know, it it laughed. Just everybody laughed because the reality is we've all got stuff, baggage from our childhood. It's like, oh, my parents did this. Oh, my uncle did this. Right? We've all got those things. If we pretend we don't, then we're trying to put it in darkness. And the reality is that thing is probably controlling your life. Besides past hurts, we might be dealing with current confusion. In John 8, Jesus is speaking. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Sometimes it's not about hurts. Sometimes it's about a lie we've been told. I would bet that at some point in our lives, All of us have heard things along the lines of, you're ugly, you're dumb, you're not enough. 
Nobody loves you. You're a failure. We've all heard those things. Maybe it's lies about us. Maybe it's lies about God. Maybe you've heard people say, he doesn't really exist. He doesn't really care about you. Or maybe you've heard, he, maybe he cares, but he's not, he's not able to do anything for you. He's powerless to be able to help you with the thing that's going on. All of those things are lies that we pick up as we go through our crazy life in this messed up, fallen world. We pick up those lies and they take root in us. And they start to mold who we are. They start to contour our character. But they're lies. It's confusion. We don't know any different because we've always just accepted them. Our opportunity is that when we start to step into our relationship with Christ, Christ comes with a big old flashlight, right? The big industrial kind that you got in your garage that you set up on the yellow poles in the parking lot, right? He shows up with one of those, and he starts shining around. And you start to see, oh, things that are inside you, inside you that you, up until that moment, had taken for granted. There's confusion inside of us. We can't be the people God wants us to be if we're letting the lies and the confusion dictate who we are. We need to identify those, those lies, and we need to unearth them with the truth. When I read that the truth can set you free, that's, what, that's where I go. It's the old lies that are playing in our head I need to unearth those. I need to replace them with God's truth about who I am and how he loves me. Maybe it's hurts. Maybe it's confusion. Maybe you've just developed some bad habits. In Hebrews 5, it says, it's talking about solid food. Solid food is for the mature who, because of practice, if you're a note taker, underline the words because of practice their senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil so the writer of hebrews is shooting a flare hey you want to be a mature christian you actually want to be growing into becoming the person god wants you to be you want to be a church be part of a church that is becoming who God wants us to be. We need to be mature. And it happens because we practice. The routines we set up in our life dictate our ability to be mature. Right? If I want to be mature, I need to have daily time with God. I need to be regularly worshiping Him. I need to be hanging out with those folks. Not specifically to accomplish any task. I'm doing it because I'm building routines in my life that make me mature. Take a moment and think about the habits you have that put you in a place that God has an opportunity to speak and grow and mature you. Without those habits, it's just not going to happen. Maybe we need to be adding good habits. Maybe we need to address some bad habits. So I'm just going to use an example, right? There are things that are bad habits. There are lots of things. I'm just going to focus on one for a moment. Let's say you've got an issue with alcohol. 
and, and you uh, tend to use it on a very regular basis, and you use too much of it during the day, and you're trying to figure out what is it that's going on in my life that I'm doing this. That's a bad habit, but I can't figure out what's going on. It's quite possible, probable, that the alcohol habit started with a hurt or a confusion, Right? There was something that happened to me, and I started leaning into the alcohol to anesthetize my emotions. And instead of dealing with them, I'm, I'm using the alcohol. And I've been doing that for a while now. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's confusion. Maybe you thought that God didn't care, nobody loved you, and you used the alcohol to, to combat those lies that were in you. The deal is you can go back and resolve the hurts you can go back and resolve the confusion, but if you've got a habit of alcohol, it now is its own thing. I can resolve the hurt and the confusion. Now I've got this ridiculous habit that is yet another thing I need to figure out how to unearth and heal from. As we are reviewing who we are and who we want to be as a church, I want this to be a place where this kind of healing can happen, where people's souls can be refreshed, where we all recognize our need and the needs of the other people around us, that we've all had past hurts, that we've all had confusion, that we've all got habits and we're all in the process of healing and working through those things. I want this to be a place that those things can happen. My experience, I'm 62 years old. Um, I am in therapy. Yes, I'm still in counseling, trying to unpack my junk. Um, been a pastor for like uh, 20-ish years or something like that. Um, I got a master's degree in pastoral counseling. My experience is we can't do this by ourselves. It would be really cool to just be able to say, oh, yep, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to let that. I'm going to be healed. And if I offend anybody, I'm sorry. Some folks go, I'm claiming healing for that. I've never seen that work before myself. It's a process, and almost 100% of the time, the, God can do whatever he wants. He can individually heal folks from stuff miraculously, but the rest of the time, it involves our interaction with somebody else. It involves being able to be with other people. If we want to be healed, we're going to have to do that together. In James 5, it says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Right? That's what I want. Mm. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So, remember me saying sometimes you got to say what you don't mean to make sure people hear what you do mean? What I don't mean, some people read this verse and say, Oh, all of our problems are caused by unconfessed sin. If we just confessed all of our sin and worked all that out, everything would be okay. I'm, there are lots of folks who believe that. I am not one of them, right? People have done stuff to me. They've hurt me. I didn't sin. People have told me lies that are embedded now in my head. 
I didn't do that. <clears throat> it's not about my unconfessed sin. Now, if I got a bad habit, okay, that might be some unconfessed sin that I need to work through to get those habits unpacked. But I don't want us to get focused on the confession of sin part. What I want us to see is what's modeled in there. That when we get together and we share with other people our hurts, when we share with other people our confusion, when we maybe seek out help and partnership to work through bad habits, great things happen. You can be healed. And I'm telling you, in my gray hair, it almost always happens with us working with another person. Two things happen that I have watched um, doing what it is that I do. When you verbalize what it is that's going on inside you, it's amazing how our brain works and it's wired. Right? I consider this part of God's grand design. We can have emotions and thoughts and things bouncing around inside there, but when you have to structure it and put it in a sentence so that somebody else can understand there is something therapeutic about that act. Simply describing what it is that's going on inside you so that somebody else can know. I tell you, lots of people think I'm a good counselor. 80% of my counseling is sipping on my coffee. What I am is a really good listener. Because as people try and describe to me what it is that's going on, their healing process is already beginning. The other thing um, that I think powerfully happens when we invite somebody else into the process is I get another set of eyes, right? In the counselor that I'm meeting now, when we started, that's where I, he said, why are you coming to talk to me? I said, because I need another set of eyes. I've been doing what I've been doing for 60 years. I need somebody to look at what I've been doing and go, is that okay? What is it I'm missing? I can't see the things in myself because I've been staring at it for so long. Sometimes I simply need to have another person who gets to know me, who I trust, to be able to go, oh, Dan, have you ever thought of that? Right? Um, we met a couple of, um, couple, a week or two ago, and part of what it is that I've been working on is, uh, um, I <laughs> I'm going to give you TMI. You don't need to hear this. It's a distraction with the sermon, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I figured out that I've been, um, I have this mission statement, list of values, blah, 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 all which were completely based on a joke. May last year, I figured out my entire life. Had been based on a joke. That's, what am I allowed to say up here? <laughs> That was terrible. I hated it. It was, it was poopy. I didn't like it at all. Um, so I trashed it. I trashed everything I had spent years building. This is who I am. This is what I values. I threw it all away because I realized it was based on a joke. I did that um, May, June. This... When we started this series, um, I was, I've, I've been praying for North Valley every day as part of this series, 
But I've also been praying for me. Oh, mission, vision, and values. What are mine? Right? I'm just the way I'm wired. I need to have mission, vision, and values. So I started to reconstruct my mission statement. If it's not based on that joke, what is it based on? And I started I'm, I'm journaling, talking. I've been doing it for however many weeks now, and I'm still working on it. So I shared it with my therapist. What do you think about that? The other set of eyes. Oh, did you ever think about adding this phrase? Instead of you just be doing that, Dan, why aren't you equipping other leaders at your church to be that too? And I'm like, oh, yes. Write that down. I don't come up with that on my own because I'm focused like this. I've been staring at this and me. My therapist, who's a good set of eyes, says, Dan, why don't you think about adding this? Yeah, simple as that. Talking, explaining to somebody has healing power. Being able to have another set of eyes is healing power. For all that I know, we can't do this well if we don't do it together. What might together look like? I'm kind of just going to toss spitball on the wall. I kind of see three ways that this can happen. Maybe it's one-on-one counseling, right? Maybe you're at a place that's like, I think this is complicated enough that I just need to talk to somebody with some higher skills and training to be able to do this. So I've got a master's degree in pastoral counseling, but there's a lid to what I know, right? I'm a good listener, but there are certain techniques to help us unpack and deal with stuff that there are folks even more equipped than I for that. And I have other organizations that I refer to pe- refer people to who are organizations of Christian counselors. So maybe you're at a place where I think I need to talk to somebody one-on-one. Maybe, maybe it's me. Maybe I can connect you up with a person who can do that well. And like I said, if you get somebody who knows what they're doing, they're really valuable. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a customer, so I'm, it's working for me. Maybe instead of that one-on-one counseling, it's like, man, Dan, my stuff ain't that complicated. I just need at least one person in my life to do that. Maybe the process for you would look more like mentoring. Like maybe you're dealing with an addiction problem. Maybe you've got some drugs going on. Maybe you can't figure out how to leverage the pornography out of your life. Okay, how do I do that? And maybe I don't want to go talk in front of a whole group of people. Can I just have one person to do that? And maybe I can hook you up with somebody who's gone before you, who has had that journey, had success, and can help you see the things, hear your story, and help you see good steps. And it's not a counseling process as much as it is mentoring, because the equipping the person has is they simply have gone before you. Maybe that's the kind of thing that you could use. All right, um, advertisement for my selfish needs. It would be really cool if we had a mature Christian couple to be a couple's mentor. I would really like that, right? Think about how that works. There's a couple. They've been doing it for um, a handful of years. Maybe their kids are grown and they've moved out, and they've got the T-shirts, their oil rags now. They've done all that. And (laughs) for those of you who missed it, it's a dad joke. Grant will explain later. And... And there's somebody who can come alongside a younger couple who might be struggling with something. And maybe they can walk with that. Right? Um, when I do weddings, right? people ask me to marry people. I won't do your wedding unless you have gone through premarital counseling. It is really cool to do that with another couple. I would love to be able to have a couple here who mentors the young couples who are getting them through premarital counseling. Yes, 
All right, that is the end of the advertisement. If you think that's a really cool idea, you can send an email to info at nvcmd.org. Maybe the healing process might look like mentoring. Maybe it looks like life groups, right? Maybe we can build small groups at North Valley Church to be able to do that, right? If you are into any of the stuff that goes on in church, right, it's not unusual to have recovery groups, right? Uh, groups that are focused on people recovering from addictions, alcohol, drugs, pornography, whatever, food. And they meet together and they encourage and support one another. We could have small groups doing that. Grief is another thing. Grief is one of those things that as people get together that have experienced loss, they can share with each other and be a support and lift each other up. Maybe that's a place that you want to be able to help out with. Or maybe that's a need you have. Right? Maybe there's other more specific things. Maybe we can have groups about depression. Maybe we can have groups about specific kinds of loss. And we can have opportunities to build environments where people feel safe and encouraged to be in the healing process. I would like to ask the band to come up. And while they are, I would love for each of us just take a moment this morning and ask ourselves the question, where am I? Where am I in this healing process? Is there something that I've kind of been putting off that, man, you know what? I think I got something that needs addressed. You can talk to me about it, or you know what? Um, maybe you have a close friend. Maybe that's the place you can start. Somebody who knows you, who, who is a Christian as well. And you can just start sharing with them. Would you be willing to work with me about that? My encouragement to you is tell somebody if you feel God's Spirit prompting you, it's like, we need to deal with this. Tell somebody. Open the conversation. Maybe as we're sitting here, God maybe is prompting your heart. You can play a role in that for other people. Maybe you're somebody who can be a mentor. Maybe you've got aspirations to be a counselor. I'll, I'll plug you in and get you started. Maybe you would like to lead a life group that is a place for healing for other folks. If you think that God might be calling you to do that, if you're excited about it, you can email me at info at nvcmd.org. But I would encourage you, take a week or two and pray about it. When we get to the end of this series, there's going to be an opportunity for us to all chime in in a way so that we gather all the things that God has been telling us, revealing to us as individuals about who we are and where does God want North Valley Church. So at the end of the series, we're going to have an opportunity to provide that kind of feedback. Everyone just take a deep breath. <sighs> Would you pray with me? Dear Father in heaven, man, thank you that you don't leave us on our own. You've provided your spirit. That's our number one source for healing. God, help us lean into you right now, right in this moment. As we start this worship, help us to be turned and faced to you, not our bodies, our souls. Our souls need help. And our souls are destroyed by our original sin. Our souls are destroyed by simply living life and dealing with all the hard things that we do every day. Lord, we need refreshment. We need you to guide us on this journey. Guide us on this step. Guide, this, uh, guide us as individuals. But Lord, guide us in helping make North Valley Church a place where, 
where people can find that kind of healing. In Jesus' name, amen.